Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are FemRegard Podcast. Mmm. Fem. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. We're here to entertain you. We'll sing your songs. Hey there. Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. So let me ask you this before we dive in. How, hey, do you know how this is pronounced? T- Tony okay? Is that? I think that's right. Okay. Are you a fan of Tony okay? I am not familiar enough with Tony okay, to be honest. And I've, I've heard this reference before in connection to this song as a, uh, as a sort of marker for Al, but I do not know a ton. So let me tell you a little bit about Tony O.K., Matthew, because I, I, when I was reading this, I'm like, Tony O.K., why is that name familiar to me? Tony O.K. might be the only artist that Al has done two style parodies of. Mm. He did another style parody of him on Off the Deep End with I Was Only Kidding. Right. And if you think of the way he sings that song and the way he sings this song, you can tell that there's a very similar vocal performance that he's doing yeah. uh, so i did a little bit of a deep dive into tony okay's music because i wanted to figure out what song was the biggest influence on happy birthday mm-hmm. and i figured it out i found that one out for us uh, and i'll i'll play a clip of it later on in the episode so people can hear it but also if you're a fan of the dead kennedys i would check out tony okay there is a very dead kennedys attitude that I found in this artist. Uh, everybody, we're talking about the song Happy Birthday. I believe you told me that this was one of the two songs that he continued to play in the most recent like novelty tour, correct? Yes, when he did the uh, the, the vanity tour where he was just, just doing originals from this record, it was, I believe, the only songs that he played from it were Happy Birthday, 
and Mr. Frump. Here's the thing about this song. Al has been very open that he is not a fan of this this self-titled. You've even pointed out just now, he only even recognizes like two of the songs on this as a live performer. He yeah. re-recorded this song in 2017. He did, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. did, which is crazy. Like, he loves this song, and from what I understood, when I did my deep dive on Tony OK, what I came up with was that Al isn't just a fan of this artist. I think that Al sees Tony OK as a as almost like a kindred spirit of his. In the mm. same way that we were talking about on Gotta Boogie, how there's like this very clear Frank Zappa vibe that that flows through all of his music, that's there with this artist. And the song that I found that felt like was the one that made the most sense was on his debut album, Tony OK's debut album. He has a song called The Funky Western Civilization. <laughs> Wow, I love that name. Come on, everybody, get on your feet. Get with the beat. L.A. Brown, no doubt, crazy, sweeping in a And it's called a funky Western civilization. Here's a couple of the lyrics that you'll get in verse two. They put Jesus on a cross and put a hole in JFK. They put Hitler in the driver's seat and then looked the other way. Now they've got poison in the water because the whole world's in a trance. Just because we're hypnotized doesn't mean that we don't get to dance. We've got the funky Western civilization. Wow. So (laughs) you can see like... Totally. Like you can see like Al maybe wouldn't get that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that dark and and kind of political in a lot of his songs, but that influence of like we're gonna say some messed up, shocking stuff under yeah. the guise of a happy song, one hundred and ten percent what we're talking about with Happy Birthday. Absolutely, even the way you read those lyrics, like the cadence of those lines, feels very Al. Yes, the origins of this song, though, uh, Al wanted to do a style parody of Tony K because it was one of his favorite artists, but it's a morbidly depressing birthday song detailing all of the ails in the world, including poverty, nuclear holocausts, and even solar cataclysms. Seeing that there was only two popular birthday songs at the time, Happy Birthday to You and Birthday by the Beatles, Yankovic decided to write his own, admittedly, a severely twisted version of one. <laughs> Man, yes, it, it really is very, again, another like, it's interesting because he's always had this like, you know, actually, I should say, because I'm surprised when I listen to some of his stuff like he has even for me, who's like such a huge fan, like every once in a while, the darkness that you get in Weird Al songs, I find shocking. Yes, because you think of him as so G, you think of yeah. him as like a GPG artist and he still is. But like, so on my Christmas podcast, we did an episode where we analyzed the two Weird Al Christmas songs. Yes. And my co-host was not really a Weird Al guy. Yeah. And he was not prepared for Night Santa Went Crazy. Like, he was like, this song made me uncomfortable. I was going to say, I have a memory of, you know, and we'll get into this more later, but Bad Hair Day, I had, um, it was like the first Al album I got as a kid. And the Night Santa Went Crazy, I found genuinely upsetting. It's a a scary song. I was was disturbed by that. There are a lot um, throughout his career that are, 
genuinely like unsettling, disturbing content. Like it's it's, and this is comparatively not that bad. But you do every once in a while because again, we just we talked only a couple weeks ago about I Love Rocky Road, which is so light and just like straight goofy comedy. And then he interjects in some of these songs, like some real, a dark outlook on the world. (laughs) (laughs) And this definitely has a dark outlook. So when I listened to the Tony OK stuff, when I specifically listened to Funky Western Civilization, the note that I wrote down was, you could literally have sent me three or four Tony OK songs and said that they were like unreleased Weird Al songs and I would have, 100% 100% believed you <laughs> like there's there they are very comparable uh so if you feel like oh man I've listened to all the weird owl that there ever is and I I want more and there isn't more maybe check out Tony okay it's definitely more of an r-rated weird owl but there's a very similar vibe to to the whole attitude I'm gonna do a real deep dive on Tony okay so that when we get to the next Tony okay track yeah you're I like, feel like I'm completely yeah. prepared for it this is a good opportunity for a uh for a, a an alternate perspective coming up down the line. But so what are your opinions on Happy Birthday? You know, I like this one. Oh, so I, I, this is very fun. And this is also like, um, again, talking about like these markers on this record of where he goes later on in his career. And in terms of the sound of this track, the music, the instrumentation, this is getting closer to where he's going to go later. This has this like chaotic, super high energy, frantic sound to it and it's it's fast and it's just got like it feels like it's coming off the rails almost without how uh like he's just blurting it all out everything about it is so like it feels like the tempo of this song like on paper is as fast as we possibly can yes no (laughs) and something i forgot to mention last week but it's worth bringing up right now buckingham blues and ricky were the last two songs recorded for this album oh interesting yeah which is which is kind of interesting. It it makes sense. At first, I was like, that doesn't make any sense because usually he would record all of his originals first and then do the yeah. parodies later. But knowing that Buckingham Blues was supposed to be a parody originally, it kind of makes sense to me that that would be the case. But the reason I bring that up is that I think it's so interesting that we're talking about a bunch of songs on the same album, but with each original song, we already can feel the progression getting closer and closer to like what we've come to expect from totally. a Weird Al original, which is wild to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's amazing. Like this is, and there's one other, again, we'll get to it. There's okay. one other song on this record, one other original that is very much what I, I think, what I consider a template for where he went later with originals. But yeah, this is this really feels like he's finding his voice as a songwriter. And it is a style parody, as we said, but in terms of him finding his voice for originals, this is a real clear line of like, wow, this sounds like Al. Yeah. And, and it's a it is still a funny song. It's a demented yes. song. It's actually a song that I forget about. Like yeah. early on, I think in the Ricky episode, I said that there was two originals that would rank among some of my all-time favorite Al originals. We still haven't gotten there yet for me. But when I was listening to this for for the recording, I I legitimately thought to myself, like, this this one might Maybe not be top 20, but it could be in the top 30 for me. I, I think I forgot how much I like this song. It's such a vast improvement to me over like Gotta Boogie and Buckingham Palace as far as the original songs go. Yeah. But it's still not in like that. I feel like the later half, like I said, side B of this, if you're looking at it as a record, is like side A is almost like, hey, here's kind of where we're heading. <laughs> Yeah. And then side B is like, this is what the future will be. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very, very true. I agree. I think this ranks reasonably high. I, I think that um, 
uh, again, I would say it's not I, it's not going to be my favorite uh, original on this record, but uh, at least I don't think so. I'm, gonna, I'm curious to like revisit these things as we go. But this is a great, great early Al original for sure. Yeah, and and it's it is interesting to me of the originals that are on this that this is one of the ones that has like continued to be in his set lists that this is like kind of persevered and that he re-recorded i mean obviously something about this track really still resonates with him and he still identifies with yeah Um, well he re-recorded it for a movie he recorded it for a 2017 movie called how to be a latin lover um which i feel like i've heard of the title of this movie i haven't seen it i added it immediately to my because i still get netflix dvds in the mail wow you do good for you man yeah i I added it to my dvd queue i love because it's it's directed by Ken Marino of the state. Oh, no shit. And it has, dude, listen to this cast. This is an all-star comedy cast. Weird Al is in the movie as himself. Wow. So I think he performs it in the movie, perhaps. This is the cast of this How to Be a Latin Lover movie. Selma Hayek, Rob Lowe, Kristen Bell, Raquel Welch, Rob Regal, Rob Hubel, Rob wow. Condry, uh, Michael Sierra, Weird Al Yankovic, Ben Schwartz. Oh, man. Yeah. And it's been remade. So they made a French version of it in 2019 called How to Be a French Lover. Really? And then it's also been remade as an Apple Plus TV show called Acapulco, uh, which I hear amazing things of. I've had multiple people, including my friend That's Lauren, crazy. has told no, me I've heard of that, that too. Acapulco's incredible, but it's all based on this Ken Marino movie. <laughs> I had no idea. You know, Ken Marino is from my pretty small hometown. I feel like you being in New York, you're basically in the state country, which is, <laughs> I mean, look, I don't have a ton to say about Happy Birthday, and I don't know when we're going to get to bring up Ken Marino in the state again. <laughs> so I am happy to go on a slight divergent tangent to talk about why I think the state is the greatest sketch comedy group that has ever existed and I, probably I am, ever will. I, I mean, I'm, I'm here to talk about it. It's, it. He was a big enough deal in my, t- I remember being in elementary school and uh, on days where it was like raining so we couldn't have outdoor recess, we would go to the auditorium and one of the teachers put on the state <laughs> because they were so, because they had taught Ken and they were so excited. They were like, oh my God, this is like my former student and now he has a TV show. And I mean, we're like 10 years old. It was not even remotely appropriate. I cannot believe that we all sat around and watched this sketch comedy show. But I remember it so vividly. Um, cause they were just so insanely excited that someone from my, my town had made it to the big time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. 
I feel like the state, as far as sketch comedy goes, is the one of the biggest parallels to Weird Al in their sense of comedy. Mm. Because especially with this album, as we've talked about how this album is the definition of Weird Al being anti-everything, like yeah. you watch those state sketches and everything is up for mockery. Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, no, it, for, for sure. It is the most punk rock sketch comedy I've ever seen. And I was so late to the game. I, I never watched a sketch by the state until college which would have been like 2005, 2006 when someone showed me Wet Hot American Summer and it blew my mind yeah. like what you could do as like a comedy parody film. Because like I grew up on Mel Brooks and I grew up on like Airplane and Naked Gun, but man, Wet Hot American Summer seems even to this day when I watch it, it's over 20 years old, it's like this is the most unique way to do a parody film I have ever seen in my entire life because it is truly taking the piss out of every summer camp film you've ever yeah. seen no that is a I, I if anyone who has not because again talking about all of these things but they're all i feel like under the lens of if you like weird al and enjoy his sense of humor 100 you will probably enjoy this if you have not seen wet hot american summer the movie there's a netflix uh like sort of reboot series which is fun but you have to go back and watch just the movie the original yeah, the film. movie the show will not make sense if you don't watch no it, it will not movie. make any sense and <laughs> like, but it's also one of those go back and watch it and realize that everybody in the movie at that point were completely no name you know up and coming actors and virtually every single person in that cast you will recognize oh it's like the first role that they ever had and it is it's amazing how much came from that group it and and the fact that they all still seem to like each other yeah like like we were talking about again al's band like to have a group of 11 creative-minded people who met in college yeah. who to this day are still collaborating with each other still will get together for reunions like yeah well, I would say they, they split off and there's the um, after the state ended, they split into two groups and one went on to do a a very short lived but also very precious to me sketch comedy show called Stella. Stella's great. I thought you were going to say I Viva loved. Variety, which I also oh, absolutely also loved. good. But I would say they, uh, <laughs> three of them went on to do Stella. A lot of the rest of them went on to do Reno 911. Yep. And they kind of like diverged that way. But they all have remained friends. And, and, uh, and there's yeah, always crossover. To, there's you know, always like you'll crossover. See, you'll see some of the Reno 911 people make cameos in Stella videos. And you'll see the three men that make up Stella pop yeah. up in Reno 911. It, it I don't is, know if you can watch Stella anymore. I don't know anywhere you could watch that show. I know where that you was... can watch it in my basement on the DVD set that I bought. Everybody, we are going to Matt's. <laughs> We're going to watch the only, it's like 10 episodes, I think, of Stella. I think it's only um, six. It's I only think six. It's super It might even short. only be six. <laughs> um, that is a very weird, but man, that that is very much my <laughs> sense was, of humor. I remember someone, someone showed me Stella that may have even been before I'd watched The State. Someone mm. had shown me Stella, and they showed me one specific bit that is still, to me, one of the funniest things, which is, you know, you've got the three guys from Stella, which is Michael Ian Black, Michael Showalter, and David Wayne, yeah. and they all live together, and they're always dressed in suits, no matter yes. what. And everything is just, like, goes from zero to 100 instantaneously. Yeah. And in this particular episode, their neighbor uh, broke a heel and is asking if they have any glue. And 
One of them is talking at the front door to her while the other two are frantically looking through the house to find glue to help her. And they're like taking knives to pillows and like tearing them open and like flipping over couches trying to find the glue. And then all of a sudden, one of them's just like, oh, I know where it is. And it just cuts to a tiny drawer in the kitchen that's just labeled glue. And he just slowly, slowly opens it and pulls out a single stick of glue. To hand yeah, that's, like, that's, a, that's a great example of what the comedy of that show is like. It is just... Uh, absurd but super super fun i don't dude, again aside from going to matt's house i'm not sure how you watch stella dude, nowadays but try to find it if you try can, to find it the, yeah. the other one that i always would quote with my friends is there's a scene where they're talking again to the same neighbor and they're making fun of them and they she goes like why do you guys always smell like chicken nuggets and they get so angry and they're like storming back to their house and like how dare she say we smell like chicken nuggets but the whole time they're yelling like fighting about this they are just pulling chicken nuggets out of every pocket available on their suits <laughs> yeah yeah absurd comedy but again it's great. fits perfectly into the weird owl fan absolutely like, absolutely it is yeah. pure chaos uh i need to see i i I am excited to eventually sit down and watch How to Be a Latin Lover. And mm. as much as I wanted to watch Acapulco, now I feel like I want to watch that movie first and then check out the show so I can yeah, kind of see yeah, the yeah. parallels a little bit more. Yeah. But uh, good, good stuff. Matt, where are you ranking this one amongst the originals? Is this currently your number one is Got a Boogie? Are you putting Currently, it my number one is Got a Boogie. Um, yeah, no, this is going to have to take the crown. The short-lived crown of God of Boogie, <laughs> yes. a uh, t- you know two, two or three week long crown. <laughs> Happy birthday wins, and mine's going to number one as well. Right yep. now, it's just been all escalation on my original songs, and that'll continue to be the case for uh, maybe like one more original, one or two more original. <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah, a, a random, just really quick, because I was just like was relooking at the lyrics. Do you know what um, the in? I guess it's verse two. Um, your daddy's in the gutter with the wretched and the poor. Your mom is in the kitchen with a can of cycle four. Do you know what, what is, that is? What is cycle four? I don't know either. I assume it's a it's a beer of some kind. Like this is another like interesting like dated. I assume that at some point everybody would have known what that was, but I have feel like I've never heard of that before. I'm I'm gonna look. Your mom is in the kitchen with a can of cycle four. Cycle four is a dog food brand that was sold in the U.S. from 1970 to 1990 with indifferent recipes covering stages of the dog's life. Cycle four was intended for dogs who were on their last leg. Wow. Uh, the lyric addresses the issues of senior citizen poverty. News stories of this era sometimes reported that elderly Americans were forced to survive on pet food to stretch <laughs> out their limited budgets. Oh, my God. That is so much worse than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Like, wow, you know, you're talking about how dark this track is. That is like, that is, ooh, <laughs> wow. Your mom is in the kitchen with a can of Cycle 4. God, that's rough. There's garbage in the water and there's poison in the sky. I guess it won't be long before before we're all going to die. We're all going to die. Oh, uh, here's here's a last question to, to set yeah. us out. I'd like to find some questions to tie to these originals specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a song... Obviously, someone's birthday pops up, you know, you'll send them a happy birthday message. But, you know, if it's someone that you really are a good, like, a that you care about more than just, like, a person you're Facebook friends with, maybe you'll go the extra mile, you'll post a GIF or sometimes mm-hmm. post a song. Have you ever posted a birthday song to somebody? And if so, was it this song? Would you send them, like, Weird Al's happy birthday or? I have done this exact thing before. 
like mm-hmm. as a Facebook post on someone's wall on their yeah. birthday. I've also, I, this is taken from my brother because my brother started to do this and I loved it so much. He would go on YouTube and look up, um, you know, those like pre-recorded, like a song where they inject the, like the song is the same and they just change the name yeah. like, for kids. Like, hey, it's your birthday, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> like, and there's, there are, if you look on YouTube, there are so many of those, like the same song, like an original song by someone with just the different names inserted for every kid in the world. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, so that has become the more common, like happy birthday uh, song. Like I'll find like one of those and post that. Um, but I certainly have used this before. This is definitely an excellent uh, happy birthday message to a loved one. Were you familiar with the cartoon Home Movies? Oh, yes. So there was an episode where it was the the bully Fenton's birthday. Yes. And they play a song called the happy birthday song. And it is the most obnoxious birthday song I've ever heard in my life. So, especially if it was a friend of mine who was a Home Movies fan, they would get this. Oh my God. That's, that's so good. You know, Man, once we're done with this, we could do a whole podcast about home movies because, man, I loved that show so much. The uh, the music in that show, the um, uh, more Weird Al like adjacent stuff, the like Franz Kafka rock oh, opera. My, I knew that that's what you're going of for. Of course. Well, it's just so brilliant. It's so – and it's weird because like I enjoy metal. I'm not a metal head. So like mm. Metalocalypse never hit for me sure. on the same way that like home movies. I was like, this is – to this day, I think it is one of the most brilliant cartoons I've ever seen. Without like, a it doubt. It is like top five cartoons for me. Without a doubt. We'll, we'll get through our 190-something episodes <laughs> that we have to do of this owl cast. Yeah. Actually, for people I, who don't, I was going to say really quick, for people who don't know about home movies, that was um, two people created that show. One of them was Lauren Bouchard, who went on to make Bob's Burgers. Yep. Uh, and the other one was Bob's Brendan Burgers. Small. And Brendan who, Small did Metalocalypse, um, which was a longer-running Adult Swim series. And, if, and yeah. if we want to talk about uh, underappreciated musicians in the music world. Mm. Brendan Small is oh my God. legitimately one of the most incredibly talented guitarists amazing. you could possibly find. Truly, truly amazing. <laughs> yeah. And really funny. Also, I came up, I, 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 I'm going to tell you about this live on the air, but I had an idea for a little side thing that we can do on this show uh, because I never even thought about this being a possibility, right? But I posted about us doing this Weird Al podcast on Facebook, mm-hmm. and my friend Aubrey was like, hey, my friend directed one of his videos if you'd ever want to interview him, um, which made me realize, oh, we probably will be able at some point to interview some of the behind-the-scenes folks of a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So if you ever see an episode pop up in the feed called A Brush With Weirdness... Uh, that's going to just be us talking to someone who was involved in the production of something weird alley. (laughs) I love that. That's great. (laughs) So, you know, if you know anybody who like worked on a weird Al tour or directed a video, let us know and tell them, Hey, these guys would love to talk to you because I think that would be fun. I would love to learn stories. (laughs) Yeah. Without a doubt. We'll be back next week with another parody. And, uh, Mm. I don't know where we're going to land on this one. I'm kind of curious. Oh, me too. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are... 
FemRegard podcast. Mm, fem. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 